Hey everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who have been laid off to COVID-19 an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. For the 29th episode, we have Nick Pacera, who is most recently a freelance senior copywriter at door number three in Austin. And because of COVID, his freelance gig, which actually was supposed to turn into a full-time offer, was you know, put on hold. So that's why we're, you know, talking now. But Nick, you know, super happy to have you on. Oh, thanks. Super happy to be here, man. Awesome. Maybe just start off by telling everyone how you're dealing with you know, this crazy pandemic, where you're quarantining, and how you've been keeping busy the last few months. Yeah, so I'm uh, quarantining down in Austin, Texas. Uh, so I was working most recently, kind of full-time at a, an agency down here, GSDNM, before I started a little bit more of the freelance gig. Um, and yeah, it's basically, it's me, my wife, our two cats, just living it up in our little two-bedroom apartment here in Austin. Um, and yeah, it's been kind of an interesting time, to say the least. Been doing a lot of, I think, what everyone else has been doing of the cooking, a little bit of gardening, as much as our balcony potted plants qualify as a garden right now. Um, and yeah, just kind of going through that, and then really creatively, it's been giving me a really cool chance to jump back into some old projects. Um, one of which I started a short story collection back as like my college honors thesis was this short story collection. So I've kind of taken the opportunity to jump back into that and really blow it out into hopefully full book um, and starting to do some kind of weird stuff with it, really adapting some of the stories to uh, comic book scripts and formats. I'm a huge comic book nerd, so I've been kind of blowing those back out into scripts that hopefully can kind of get illustrated and get that put together. I don't know, maybe a Kickstarter project in the future or something like that. It'd be really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. And I definitely, <laughs> you know, having done a bunch of these already, have an illustrator for you whenever you're... Oh, yes, please. That. So I'll make yeah. that little connection. Maybe tell everyone, you know, just about yourself. And you touched on it with uh, GSDM, but where you've worked in the past as well. Yeah, so started out, graduated from University of Houston, down in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, worked a lot in that area, and it, as you can imagine, there's a lot of oil, gas, medical, and a lot of things in that those industries right there. So I had that experience under my belt, but really wanted to break out and try some different things and hopefully kind of find a, a larger audience for my work so that I could, you know, just affect more people, whether it's just entertaining them or uh, kind of helping to influence the culture or society or conversation. So from there, I actually came to Austin kind of on very much a whim. I competed with the one show. They have the one club boot camps that GSDNM was holding. So I think I applied on Saturday, got accepted Sunday, and drove up here early Monday morning to start competing. Um, and for those kind of familiar, the creative boot camps are essentially you get a client Monday, present a full-scale campaign Thursday. Um, <laughs> Very intensive, very much like a pitch world, which is something that I've always kind of been drawn to. It's kind of the excitement under pressure. Um, and yeah, I guess just kind of made all the right connections. Our team won for Piercing Pagoda was the client, which I was actually unfamiliar with before then. For anyone who's ever had their ear pierced at a mall kiosk, they might know Piercing Pagoda a little bit better than I did. Um, but yeah, our work won and that got me in at GSDNM. So Started working there, um, kind of went back and started as an intern again and bounced around on a bunch of different projects. Um, then about 10 days before my wedding, I got hired full time. So prior to that, I was living 
and a little Airstream trailer in South Austin, very much a typical Austinite um, <laughs> caricature, essentially, where my wife was still in Houston at the time. So got hired on full time, um, was actually hired on as a solo writer. So not having a full time partner, I got to bounce around a bunch over the, the I guess the following three years. Um, worked with maybe like 15 different art directors on different projects, filling in wherever I was really needed or whenever an opportunity popped up. So a lot of different art styles, a lot of different working styles. Um, and as a result, a lot of different clients too. Got to do a bunch of new business stuff and work on everything from Popeyes to US Air Force to John Deere to Southwest Airlines, Ross Dress for Less. Um, yeah, just kind of the full gambit of industries. So. Nice. Yeah. Good, good client list. And then also you know, almost a blessing in disguise of being that lone writer yeah. around an agency. Cause like you said, you get to work with a bunch of different art directors. So you get to learn a bunch of different styles and have different people think then also get to, you know, touch a bunch of different clients at the same time. So. Oh yeah. Not absolutely. Always ideal, but yeah. It <laughs> it had it's challenges as far as working with multiple project managers simultaneously that aren't aware of what my other deadlines are. So of course you have your challenges, but at the same time, because of that, there were some projects where I got to really play up and work with people, many kind of years of experience, just my senior and work with them and take a little bit more of ownership on it or, you know, work with a more junior team or another junior AD that's um, just kind of fresh and wide eyed and really like open to all these like new ideas and uh, trying new things and not quite as jaded yet, I guess. And yeah, just a really fun experience to work with so many different people with so many different backgrounds and working styles and um, own voices that they brought to it. So it was yeah, awesome. Totally. And, and I, I kind of love how you said you you love the almost pitch atmosphere setting of, you know, pressure under a tight timeline because right. as especially in the, you know, with everything going on now, these timelines are getting shorter and shorter. Being right. able to work under those timelines and still produce, you know, great work is definitely something agencies are looking for. So I'd love to hear that. What would you say you're, you're looking for in your next role? Yeah. So I think kind of what brought me to Austin was access to a larger audience. Um, not necessarily just a larger agency or a boutique agency independent, um, but having access to brands that are really kind of influencing or defining culture in some way. Um, I think it's just so important, I think, as our industry is really adjusting and adapting and kind of seeing what we're going to look like in the years to come. And especially with everything going on, trying to understand how we can shape and influence culture and society for the better. Um, so we're really looking for agencies that kind of have that as an opportunity. Um, as much as I don't think that some products necessarily have the the best, the best placement to be a a voice for change in some aspects or just kind of be too heavy handed. I do think that everyone kind of has a role to shape society, shape culture, influence how we perceive things. Um, so yeah, just, I think looking for that as an opportunity is, is hugely important to me right now. Um, so yeah. Nice. Yeah, totally. You know, agree. And I'm glad you at least have a, an opinion or point of view on that. Cause you know, it should help narrow down some of the agencies what would you say are maybe your best qualities? So I think I'll go back a little bit to uh, just kind of loving the work under pressure. I mean, I know it's 
it's a little crazy, but I love a good pitch. Um, so that's really huge. I mean, that's kind of what brought me into advertising. I started out as the creative writing degree, uh, planning on writing the next American novel, which is coming. Uh, it'll be here in a few years. I, I can feel it. Um, but yeah, just switched over to this idea of advertising as essentially storytelling with a huge element of problem solving. Um, and again, having a very specific target and how can you either entertain them or make them cry or make them feel something, make them start talking. Um, so I think just telling stories in a way that's really impactful is a big deal. Uh, I'm also pretty extroverted. So as you can imagine, the quarantine is, I think, definitely affecting me, not being able to get out. I think my wife's kind of getting the full blunt force of it, uh, hearing as many show tunes as she's probably ever wanted to hear in her entire life. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I'm pretty extroverted, pretty outgoing. And I think that can be reflected in how I get to work with so many different people, you know, never really meet a stranger. So if I'm getting thrown in on a 360 campaign day one with an art director who I've never worked with before, we can become fast friends and really jump into it. Um, and yeah, just kind of having that, uh, I think, ongoing energy that is reflected both in the work and just kind of general peppiness, how I carry myself, I think tends to be a, a big bonus whenever uh, just having that around the office or around the Zoom call. Yeah, and, and I can feel through the Zoom, but that's also just a really important but, skill to have in this industry. What would you say is maybe your favorite piece in your portfolio? I'm a sucker and it's, it's an easy one. I think one of the last projects I worked on at GSDNM was a pitch for Universal Parks and Resorts, which of course just sounds like it would obviously be a blast. Um, and it was. Uh, again, just love the pitch side of it. But what I really liked was how we went past some low hanging fruit. Um, so part of what the pitch was, was we wanted Universal Parks and Resorts wanted to say something that Disney never would or Disney never could. So there's some obvious fruit and some things that are ripe for mining there. Um, yeah, and we, and we landed on this idea of get the fun out, which was a really cool way of looking at what a theme park is, that it's essentially a liberation park. It's an excuse to let yourself go and really just go all out and have fun. Whereas Disney, I think, captures in tradition the more whimsical side of childhood and wonderment. Um, Universal is a place where you can go and grab a beer, grab a donut the size of your face, and then go get scared for like Halloween or Hollywood Horror Nights, you know. So having that as an idea, and then having all these plethora of IPs to play with, um, really kind of gave us this fun construct where we could essentially just write endless headlines tailored towards uh, people that may not be ha living their most fun life. So if you think quaffles are the latest breakfast trend or latest brunch trend, a reference to like Harry Potter, or if you ask your doctor about Hogwarts, things like that, where it's really silly, really goofy, but so much room to carry that for years to come. Um, and it's kind of, a, I think, a writer's dream to have a setup that you've created to where you can then write hundreds of headlines and still feel like you can keep going um, just because that's so much potential to it. Yeah, totally. That's when you know you've kind of hit some interesting insight or some interesting direction if you can endlessly write. Yeah. <laughs> no end and stop. You kind of touched on it, but what will agencies be getting if they, you know, reach out and hired you? 
yeah, so I think we'll say uh, a ball of energy in some ways. I think I had one um, previous creative director who described me as the Energizer Bunny, but kind of reincarnated in human form. So I like to say that I, I will pretty much keep going and pushing things and trying to find what's best and what's the best story to tell. I think part of that comes from that creative writing background as well of continuously tinkering with language and with plot and characters. I mean, a 30 second, even a six second video spot is still a story. It's a short story told very compressed, but it still has characters or still something that you're trying to drive home a little piece of tension. So the idea of continuing to play with that and push that to make it as great as possible, I think is something that I have a history of doing and something that I just enjoy doing too. Right. Um, I think you told me, you know, when we first connected on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, you, you started as a features writer on, as you called it, a, a nerdy website, yeah. com, where you got to, you know, write about comic books and TV shows are you still doing that? I want to talk quickly on, on what you are doing? Yeah, so that's actually a, a relatively recent development. And that's, so CBR.com, it stands for Comic Book Resources. Um, as I mentioned, I have a pretty nerdy um, passion, a lot of passion for comic books, video games, movies, television. Again, this is all just kind of different mediums for telling awesome stories. Um, so yeah, just with the extra time I had on my hands with COVID-19 and being quarantined at home, I reached out to them and applied to see if they needed a features writer, which they did. So from that, I've kind of had the opportunity to jump in and write about comic books, old uh, Batman stories, or um, current TV shows that are on television. So quick shout out recommendations. I watched a little bit on Apple TV of Mythic Quest, which is from the creators of Always Sunny, and it's hilarious. And they did a fantastic quarantine episode that I got to write about, which was, again, very interesting. I think it kind of informs our industry as well, is they use the medium of Zoom calls and this kind of quarantine lifestyle, and they use it to tell a relevant story to where it wasn't just a gimmick, but was an actual, had a point to it. And kind of the story structure itself and this Zoom calls and this kind of people being isolated informed what the story they were trying to tell. And I think that was amazing. So getting exposed to that, which I normally maybe wouldn't have gotten to watch because I had this new kind of writing gig on the side of writing these feature link art articles and kind of tagging them and doing all the image searches and really kind of going full WordPress, um, doing countdowns of the best cartoons to find on HBO Max right now. If you need a list of those, they're on CBR now. Um, <laughs> went up there and wrote those. So yeah, just tackling a bunch of stuff. Awesome, and I'll definitely know when I post this, maybe share a link to some of those articles so people can see them. Oh, yeah. The last question for me is if there's any dream agency, client, client brand that you want to give a little shout out to. Oh, yeah, so I have to say I'm, I've always been really kind of inspired by the work at, so 72 has been amazing, Wyden and Kennedy, incredible. And then kind of these, these names I think that we're all familiar with for just doing some pretty amazing work. Um, and then also just work I think that's important to me. So I think looking at work that's been done by BBDO for the Sandy Hook Promise has been hugely impactful. I mean, you're, you're tackling things that need to be addressed and that need to, stories that need to be told and they're doing it in a way that really um, hits homes. And the fact of these kind of brands or these 
projects that are very challenging. I kind of had that experience of being in an agency where with so many levels, it's really easy for someone in the room to say no. So to have a room of so many people brave enough to push an idea forward is just really inspiring and kind of gives me hope that, you know, we are moving in the right direction and that there's kind of still that opportunity to continue to push stuff forward and yeah, hopefully yeah. make a difference. I, uh, I completely agree. I sit next to the teams that, that work on Sandy Hook Promise at, at BBDO and it's inspiring to see the work they come up with and, and agree how they're able to, to sell that type of stuff through the clients and then produce them and make, you know, just these masterful kind of films that really do make an impact, you know, on the world out there. It's a really you know, amazing work. It's amazing. Um, we actually so many people just kind of, I think our industry kind of has that habit of getting cold feet of something being either too challenging or too controversial, but the result of that is everything kind of just being lukewarm and status quo, which, you know, I think just as creatives in general, we like to push against as much as possible. So, yeah, completely agree. Now, thanks so much for willing to do this, for putting yourself out there, for, you know, talking to me yeah. early, 8 a.m. your time, but, you know, appreciate that. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So uh, you can find me at my website, my portfolio. There's also just contact information there at nicholaspacera.com. Um, yeah, I think just reaching out there has my email. Just give me a shout if you're on LinkedIn. Feel free to hit me up there as well. And hopefully Great. we'll be talking soon. Yeah, good luck. Thanks so much. And that's a wrap for the 20th awesome. episode of Bouncing Back. If you know anyone who may want to sell themselves to recruiters looking for talent in the ad industry, have them shoot me an email at malow930.com. And now you can also check out the avail list for you know, a long list of potential and new hires who are just waiting to get the call. Thanks so much and hopefully talk soon. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Talk to you soon.